Good evening and welcome to the May 2023 edition of Outbeat News in Depth. I'm Greg Moralia. Well, Pride Month 2023 kicks off in just one week, and tonight we'll have all the details for how you can take part in this year's Sonoma County Pride celebration. But first, we're going to start with an in-depth look at a new criminal law targeting LGBTQ people signed into law last week in the country of Uganda. Hearing about this will definitely motivate you to want to get out and support those who can't be out. So stay with us. It's all coming up next, right after your Outbeat Radio News for this Sunday, May 28, 2023. This is Greg Moralia with your Outbeat Radio News for the week of May 28, 2023. A Florida school district's ban on anti-LGBTQ plus books compelled book publishers Penguin Random House to file a lawsuit accusing the district of violating constitutional rights. The publisher sued alongside free speech organizations Pen America, as well as authors and parents who have been negatively affected by the ban. The lawsuit accuses the Escambia County School District of Pensacola, Florida, for violating the First Amendment rights of students, authors, and publishers by removing books from its libraries, quote, based on their ideological objections to their content or disagreement with their messages or themes, end quote. The lawsuit says the district also violated the 14th Amendment's Equal Protection Clause by disproportionately targeting titles by non-white and LGBTQ plus authors, as well as those exploring racial and queer identities. The authors and titles listed in the lawsuit include Sarah Brennan's children's book about same-sex marriage, Uncle Bobby's Wedding, and George M. Johnson's Black Gayhood Child Memoir, All Boys Aren't Blue. Penguin Random House said in a statement, quote, Books have the capacity to change lives for the better, and students in particular deserves equitable access to a wide range of perspectives. Censorship in the form of book bans like those enacted by Exambia County are a direct threat to democracy and our constitutional rights. And here in California, earlier this month, caving to pressure from Senator Marco Rubio and Catholic groups, the Los Angeles Dodgers have canceled an appearance by a group of drag performers at an upcoming Pride event. The Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, a nonprofit LGBTQ plus group of performers and activists who dress up as campy nuns, were initially scheduled to receive the Dodgers Community Hero Award at the team's annual Pride Night scheduled for June 16th. The Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence was founded in 1979 in San Francisco and has grown to an international network of orders devoted to community service, ministry, and outreach to those on the edges and promoting human rights, respect for diversity, and spiritual enlightenment. But their inclusion at the Dodgers event sparked outrage from Catholics, including Rubio, who claimed the group makes a mockery of their religion. A May 15th press release from Rubio's office described the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence as, quote, an anti-Catholic group, end quote. It went on to say, quote, Do you believe that the Los Angeles Dodgers are being inclusive and welcoming to everyone by giving an award to a group of gay and transgender drag performers that intentionally mocks and degrades Christians? End quote. Rubio wrote in a letter to Major League Baseball Commissioner Bob Manford about the event and said, quote, It would be an outrage and a tragedy if Major League Baseball, in pursuit of modern, secular, and indeed anti-religious values, rebuked the faith and the millions of believing fans who cherish the sport, end quote. And in response, the Dodgers said, quote, This year, as part of a full night of programming, we invited a number of groups to join us. We are now aware that the inclusion of one group in particular, the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, in this year's Pride Night has been a source of some controversy. 
given the strong feelings of people who have been offended by the sisters' inclusion at our event, and in an effort not to distract from the great benefits we have seen over the years of Pride Night, we are deciding to remove them from this year's group of honorees. Equality California Executive Director Tony Huang criticized the Dodgers for their decision at a time when drag performers are under attack from far-right hate groups and Republican politicians across the country. He said, quote, as longtime community leaders, the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence have raised millions of dollars for causes including HIV and AIDS, health care, affordable housing, violence prevention, and drug abuse prevention, in addition to offering grants to direct service organizations and small businesses that support underrepresented communities. And finally, here locally, the 2023 Sonoma County Pride celebration begins this week on June 1st with the raising of the Pride flag over Courthouse Square in downtown Santa Rosa. The parade and festival happen on Saturday, June 3rd, and there's a whole day of fun planned at the Grayton Casino on Sunday, June 4th. Sonoma County Pride is a family-friendly event, and everyone from the community is welcome to attend. You can get details and learn more at sonomacountypride.org. And Pride continues here in Sonoma County with the return of the Outwatch Film Festival. It happens June 9th through the 11th at the Rialto Cinemas in Sebastopol. You can learn more about all of the featured films for this year at outwatchfilmfest.org. For Outbeat Radio News, I'm Greg Moralia. We begin tonight with an in-depth look at a new highly oppressive criminal law targeting LGBTQ people in the country of Uganda. Now, we've reported on the evolution of this country's animus towards LGBTQ people for years. But instead of getting better, this problem is getting much worse. And you might be surprised and also disappointed about who is trying to influence and encourage these new laws. But one of the organizations that's raising awareness about this crisis is Interpride, the international organization that brings together local pride groups from around the world. With us now is one of the co-presidents from San Francisco, Natalie Thompson. Natalie, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Well, it's great to have you here to talk about this very important uh, development in Uganda. Uh, But before we get to that, for our listeners who may not be familiar with Interpride as an organization, tell us a little bit about that and what your role is there. Yeah, so Interpride, we are a membership organization. We're an international membership organization, and we promote LGBT plus rights um, and pride celebrations around the world. Um, We were founded in 1982 and currently have over 400 members. My role is um, one of the co-presidents for the organization. And I really see that as an opportunity to have conversations like this, to convene our membership, to work with our committees on how do we promote um, LGBT plus issues around the world and how that we can provide ways of support. Our goal is really to um, uplift and to highlight what is happening around the world. Um, And we want to do that through, uh, like I said, conversations like this, but also our podcast, information on our website. We have newsletters that go out. And then creating partnerships with organizations and companies that really want to promote LGBT plus rights and visibility. And as you know, our community is under attack right now. Boy, you're not kidding. Really all over the world. Uh, And you wouldn't think it would be that way here in the United States, but it's sure feeling that way, isn't it? Yeah. um, And so, you know, we can talk about the United States sort of being a a voice for change. And, you know, we've had some really amazing legislation that's happened in the United States with um, 
rights changing within our military, marriage equality, um, visibility, trans rights, to a certain extent, health care for our community. We'd made really progressive moves. Mm -hmm. And now we see that many of those things are being rolled back at the state's level. And um, it's creating fear. It's creating um, mental health concerns for our youth and um, for our trans community. Um, It's creating hostility. Um, We see all the vitriol that has been going around online and people being keyboard warriors and it's just a lot of misinformation. It's a lot of anger. It's just, it feels sometimes overwhelming, I think, for the community to to have to endure this. And so through Interpride, we really want to bring light to these things that are happening, but also to incorporate that there is joy, there is love, and creating more increased visibility for our community so that there isn't all of this vitriol, there isn't all of this misinformation, um, and that we are are seen as whole and complete people, and that mm-hmm. we don't have to continue to fight for our humanity. Yeah, we, should, we certainly shouldn't have to. And we've been reporting on the really oppressive laws in Uganda now for many years. Uh, give us your take on the history, particularly of the anti-LGBTQ movement um, in most of the continent of Africa. So I think as we talk about what's happening in Uganda, we have to go back to 2014. And in 2014, there was all, there's an anti anti-LGBTQ plus law that was passed in Uganda, and it was really detrimental to the community. Um, We see that these things are not just exclusive to Uganda. We see that there's influence from evangelicals from the United States who are really pushing this agenda in these areas. And so when we talk about being a global community, we have to talk about what happens here in the States or what happens in Uganda impacts the other. Um, Most recently, um, there was a new law that was um, sent to the president that he initially rejected. He asked them to go back and to to rework some of the things. But in that in that bill, um, basically, the harshest punishments were up to 20 years in prison and in some cases up to um, up to death. And so this is a really trying time for our community members in Uganda who, even if you're suspected of being a part of the LGBT plus community, um, folks have the right to quote unquote out you, um, which puts you in a really precarious situation of how can I live a full and complete life? How can I be authentic? How can I, um, how can I live? Um, knowing that at any moment someone could suspect me as being part of this community and has the right by the government to say that person is part of the queer community and to be put in jail just for being their authentic selves. Yeah, um, so, so this isn't just a matter of engaging in same-sex behavior. This is simply identifying as being part of the community. That now puts you at risk of criminal prosecution there. Well, so one of the changes that they made, I believe it was just like a little less than a week ago, is they changed the law to say that only if you're engaging in the activity, but people are still being jailed, people Mm -hmm. are still being accused. And so um, it's one of those things like in theory, the law states that, you know, you could identify as um, part of the homosexual community, but as long as you're not engaging in the act, but that still doesn't stop law enforcement from going into people's homes, 
um, it still doesn't stop your neighbor from accusing you and you being harassed. Um, we had one of our members who runs an organization to really support the community and their uh, building was ransacked, hmm. um, trying to locate people. People are in hiding now. Um, there is there's a, a level of safety that's missing for folks who are part of this community or folks even who are allies who could be suspected of being a part of the queer community. And so, you know, when they go after, you know, some of us, they go after all of us. And we really need to see this as um, an eye opener. Um, and we see that what's happening in the United States with over 400 um, bills that have been proposed about anti-LGBTQ plus rights, um, we have to stop and take a step back because something is wrong that people feel mm -hmm. so uh, emboldened to take these types of steps. Um, and especially around trans legislation, um, the trans community makes up about 1% of the population. And so for our entire dialogue to be around individuals who are part of our trans community somehow being a threat, it's really the opposite way around. Our trans uh, community members are the ones who are subjected to harassment and to bullying and to, um, and to deal with um, their humanity being questioned, which leads to a lot of folks experiencing a lot of mental health issues. And so we really need to look at how do we protect these individuals? They are not the threat. Right. Um, they are the victims. Sure. Well, I want to go back to something that you said about the influence uh, on the Ugandan government. And I've read a lot of stories about this over the years, about the involvement of folks right here from the U.S., uh, Christian, conservatives, evangelicals. Talk a little bit more about that. How are they influencing the government to enact these laws? I think it goes back to like, you know, I feel like it's a tale as old as time. We talk about missionary work. We talk about people using faith as a way to spread a message. And so this isn't a conversation of, you know, demonizing faith in any way, but this is a conversation of how people use their platforms to influence governments. And as we can see, um, evangelicals in the United States have been spreading these lies about our community, have been talking about you know, folks in our community participating in pedophilia and all of these things. And they're going to these other countries and they're having these sit down meetings with government officials saying, like, you must put a stop to this. And they're utilizing um, their platform and they're utilizing this uh, umbrella of faith and Christianity and values and morality to do so. And honestly, I think we need to talk about the unethical nature of how people use their platforms in this way to demonize folks who are honestly just looking for opportunities to be authentic, whole and complete people who have the same rights as anyone else, who have the ability to walk down the street without fear of harassment. And so th this is not something that is new. I think people are are paying a little bit more attention to about how evangelicals are really spreading these messages. Um, but this isn't new to this issue, nor is it new to um, this time. This has always been the case. Mm -hmm. And is there a trail of money that's attached to this that's going to the government? Do we know? Um, so, you know, I think we have to, like, take everything we read on the Internet with a little grain of salt. But as I have read, there are fun they fund um, certain programming 
Um, they fund certain campaigns. So yes, as from what I have been able to ascertain, money does have does play a role in this. Hmm. Absolutely scary. Uh, I, I can't even imagine what it would be like to be in Uganda and trying to be myself. Uh, it's a really dangerous trend. What can our listeners do that are hearing this story and want to help out in some way? Is there anything they can do? So I think what's really important is to gather information. Um, I was reading some articles recently and um, some articles, you know, you read a title and it doesn't necessarily encapsulate what's actually going on. Um, one of the articles I read, the title was like, the Ugandan president has rejected the anti-LGBT plus bill. And that's not what happened. He asked them to rework it, but it's still just as horrible. And so people need to educate themselves. People need to um, not wait for something to, you know, be trending, but people need to actually go out there and really understand Folks need to connect with people in other areas to understand what's happening in those other areas. We try our hardest within, within Interpride to create space for folks to be educated about these things. And so check out our website, look at our social media. We have a podcast where we do talk about these issues and we are going to have a conversation with one of our members who's in Uganda about what's happening on the ground and so really going to sources that are going to the source to really understand what's happening, I think is really important and not letting headlines sort of dictate, you know, your perspective, but really doing research. And within Enterprise, that is our goal is to make sure that we are accurately representing the experiences of our members. Great. What's the website that people can go to to learn more about Enterprise as well as to hear the podcast? Yeah, it's interpride.org, um, and it's really easy to navigate. It's all broken down by all of our programming, who, who our members are, so you can see a list of where we are, uh, where we do have membership. There's um, events that we have listed there, and we also have um, um, spaces to go to listen to our podcast. We also have a ROPE program, which is our Racism Oppression Awareness Program, where we do a lot of interviews, have a lot of conversations, we talk about these issues. And so it's all readily available on interpride.org. Perfect. And if you missed that website, we'll have it on our own website at outbeatnews.com. You can just click show notes at the top of the page and find a link to Interpride. And if I could just leave folks with one last thing that, you know, we can look at these other countries and we could say never here, but it is happening here in the United States. Um, where folks in areas that we have seen as being, you know, a bit more progressive than other areas are having to cancel prides, are having to reduce the amount of um, events that they have for fear of retribution and for fear of bullying. And so we all need to recognize that when it happens in one area, it's only, it's a matter of time before it happens in your local area. So just making sure that people are aware and making sure that people are um, doing their research, um, donating to causes that are important to them, um, and just not letting this become sort of a 15, 15 minutes, you know, it's, you know, in your mind for 15 minutes, but that this is ongoing and these are people's real lives. We've been talking with Natalie Thompson, one of the co-presidents of Interpride, based right here in the Bay Area in San Francisco. Natalie, thanks for bringing this story to us and for all the work you're doing. 
Well, thank you so much for having me and thank you for being someone who who wants to elevate what's happening. And we'll be back with more. Stay with us. She was walking in the street, looked up and noticed he was nameless. He was homeless. She asked him his name and told him what hers was. He gave her a story about life with a glint in his eye and a corner of a smile. One conversation, a simple moment, the things that change us. If we notice when we look up sometimes. They said I would never make it, but I was built to break the mold. The only dream that I've been chasing is my own. So I sing a song for the hustlers trading at the bus stop. Single mothers waiting on the jet to come. Young teachers, students out the sun's on the front line. No, and they don't get to run. This goes up to the underdog. Keep on keeping it what you love. You'll find that someday soon enough you will rise up, rise up, yeah. Ooh. Back to the kitchen, talking to the driver about his wife and his children on a run from a country where they put you in prison for being a woman and speaking your mind. She looked in his eyes in the mirror and he smiled. One conversation, a single moment, the things that change us. If we notice when we look up sometimes. They said I would never make it, but I was bound to break the mold. The only dream that I've been chasing is my own. I sing a song for the hustlers Train at the bus stop Single mothers waiting on a check to come Young teachers, student doctors Sons on the front line Knowing they don't get to run This goes up to the underdog Keep on keeping it what you love You'll find that someday soon enough You will rise up, rise up, Alicia Keys with Underdog. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Outbeat News in Depth here on KRCB 104.9 FM. I'm Greg Moralia. Well, our next two guests are Chris Crenmora and Grace Villafuerte, who are leading the organization of this year's Sonoma County Pride celebration. I've been attending Sonoma County Pride for many years now and have to say that the events and celebrations get better and better each year. 
And here to give you the details you need to know about this year's celebration, which starts in just a few days, are Chris and Grace. Welcome to the show. Thank Thank you. Nice to be back. Well, of course, it seems, uh, I don't know, it seems like a long time ago that we were talking about Pride, but it was just about a year ago, and here we are one week away from Pride 2023. You've got to be both pretty busy. Extremely. (laughs) We always try to plan many months in advance, but we always uh, get things down to the wire somehow. (laughs) Well, you two have been involved with Sonoma County Pride for a while now. Chris, let's start with you. What's your role with Pride and how long have you been involved? Uh, I got on board with Sonoma County Pride in 2018 um, uh, as part of Santa Rosa Gator. I came in as as kind of a marketeer uh, to help Pride uh, relocate from Guerneville to Santa Rosa to make Mm -hmm. it more... uh, conveniently located throughout the county. Mm -hmm. Uh, I am currently the president of Sonoma County Pride, and uh, I guess I will be until they kick me out. I don't know. Um, But no, I'm currently the president of Sonoma County Pride and um, help do all the marketing and a lot of back-end keeping um, services up and keeping our systems rolling as well as our marketing and help planning the events. And you're super busy doing it. I know that for sure. Grace, how about you? Yeah, I am currently the vice president and volunteer coordinator for Pride. But um, I think for both Chris and I, having grew up, grown up in Sonoma County, we've attended Pride for many years, starting at least for me in the 90s. And mm-hmm. I've been going every year. And it's really amazing to see how it's evolved. And it's super touching to be an, to be part of it intimately now. Um, it feels like you know, giving back to the community what was given to us when we were younger. That's awesome. And I think it was such a great move. As much as I love Guerneville and I love that spot right on the river where the festival was and, you know, the sort of that fun, short parade downtown, I think moving it to downtown Santa Rosa and Courthouse Square was really a good move. Yeah. I I agree. It made it way more accessible to most of the county. Mm -hmm. Um, It's at least an equal drive for everybody now. Um, it was a little, you know, one-sided when it came to people from Sonoma trying to get out there. Sure. And and Cornell Square is a beautiful space. Yeah. I mean, it really is perfect for that. Yeah. It made it possible to do a little bit more. Um, and like Chris said, more accessible. And I think what's neat too is Russian River now does their own pride and a lot of other Mm -hmm. towns do their own pride, which we completely support. And I think each region, each town in Sonoma County has its own cultural flavor, and it really gets to be highlighted when you can niche it down and it's put on by the community there. And, you know, we, we try to cover all of Sonoma County, so a lot of our events are all over the county. Um, but it's nice to be able to support each little area, do that's, their own thing. That's great. Well, in the first segment of the program, we heard some really distressing news about what's going on in Uganda and about how people can't even be out publicly identifying as being part of a community, let alone have a pride celebration. For you, as you think about those stories and what's going on around the country and, you know, pride flags being banned from being flown in different cities, why is pride in 2023 important to you? Wow, that's that's a really deep question. That's uh, Pride's important because it, it's it, we still need to be visible. I mean, even in our own country, we've got people trying to change laws targeting the transgender community mm-hmm. and uh, even in the education, you know, Florida is a great example of the don't say gay in the classroom, which it, it just doesn't make any sense. I mean, we're here. We're going to be here. We're staying here. 
we might as well integrate a little bit and teach everybody about both communities. I mean, we learn about the masses and that I believe it's pride is important to still be out in the front and show people that we are here and we are community based people and we're all good people. It's mm -hmm. just bad thoughts people have. <laughs> I, I think too that, I mean, you know, I'm 47. So is Chris. <laughs> and um, I think we've, you know, just in our lifetime, you know, as a kid, I never, ever, ever believed same-sex marriage would be legalized. I never, ever believed I could be out at work, you know, or in my community that I grew up in. Um, so I know that there's a lot going on. There's a lot of steps backward. But I think that that happens in every civil rights movement. The You know, you gain momentum and you gain successes. And then that's a threat to certain people. And so they push back. And so, you know, even though it is steps back, I think these steps back are sometimes necessary milestones to keep going where mm -hmm. we're going. And I think also in light of the last few years with anti-Asian violence, the Black Lives Matter movement, which has been going on forever, um, I think it's even more important to continue to, to be even more, more visible and more vocal and meet all these movements together. You know, I think that every success that some of these civil rights movements achieve is a success for all other ones. And I think that um, you know, I'm, I'm Filipino American mm -hmm. and gay. And so I think that being able to highlight both, which, you know, as a younger person, you compartmentalize all your identities really. Sure. And so I think as these movements gain more momentum, the, the intersectionality pieces, you know, the, the, where they meet, it becomes, it, 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 it allows, you know, representation matters right so mm -hmm. the more everybody sees asian americans and and lgbt people and and everyone else um being visible it just i don't know it gains strength and uh yeah it's just it's we we as even even as i say we take steps back we can't we still have to keep pushing even as we're pushing we're taking steps back so we just have to push that much harder yeah I think for me, one of the important things is that we have the ability to have a pride and we have the ability to be out and to be visible and to celebrate who we are. And we should do it for all of those people who can't. Yeah. You know? I, I, yeah, I say that every, especially if, when I go to Dyke March in the city, I, you know, I see a lot of people who literally it's the only weekend in the entire year that, you know, they're traveling from wherever they're from and it's the one week in a year that they can be out. Right. Hmm. Well, you've got a whole week's worth of events and beyond, actually, uh, beyond this week of planned. So let's start running down the calendar. Pride starts this week here in Sonoma County on June 1st. So, Chris, tell us what happens that day. On June 1st, we are going to reveal our new progress flag um, on the top of the Rosenberg Building in downtown Santa Rosa for our annual uh, pride flag uh, raising that we do. Um Every year, we, we kind of started on the square doing it in person. And then as the pandemic hit, it was one of the pieces that was still fun to do and live stream. And even though we only had a, you know, a handful of people doing it during the pandemic, it's still amazing to see this huge 12 foot by six foot flag on top of the building in downtown Santa Rosa. It just, uh, yeah. It's, it's great. And, and it's is that, one of my pride and joys. <laughs> is, and so what time does that happen? And can people go and watch that 
uh, flag raising yeah, you, take place? You could actually watch it from the square or you can live stream it. We're going to live stream it on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, but 11 a.m. on the 1st, uh, we'll gather on the square and select a few people that show up to come out and actually go to the top of the building with us and help us raise it and take photos and and do a quick live stream with it. It should be fun. Fantastic. And then I see on Friday, uh, June 2nd, there is a Pride movie night. Tell us about that. Yeah, we're, uh, so this year is a little drag heavy, we know, um, but it's based on some of the transgender rights and drag you know, uh, mm-hmm. opposition that's been happening around the country. So uh, this year we're going to bring out one of the original drag queen movies, uh, Priscilla, Adventures of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. A classic. Yes, uh, one, one of the best. Uh, it'll be hosted by Jan Wall, which we found out when we invited her that this is one of her all-time favorite movies, too. So she's just equally as excited. Um, and that's a free event out on the square. Uh, it'll start at 6 o'clock and um, ends just around 9 o'clock. Um, and then we're going to move over to our our Pride Fiesta La Cien party over at La Rosa with some of our community partners. La Cien and Trans Life of Sonoma County to do a little uh, Latinx dance kickoff party at La Rosa. Uh, should also be equally fun. I'm looking forward to that as well. Fantastic. Yeah, uh, And it looks like Saturday is the big day. That's when the parade and the festival happens. If you've been going to Pride for a long time, you know that's sort of the the, the big day and, and the big event to see. Uh, Grace, do you want to talk about the parade? Tell us when it starts and where it's going to be. It'll start at 4th Street and Brookwood, and it'll go just a few blocks up to Courthouse Square, where the judges will be, and then it'll take a curve and kind of disperse at um, at Mendocino Avenue. And this year we're excited. We have Brent Ferris and Debbie Abrams of KZST I'm seeing again, and we're really excited. Our Grand Marshal this year is Kate Kendall, who is with um, the National Center for Lesbian Rights for 22 years mm-hmm. as the executive director. That'll be super exciting. Um, and we have a lot of amazing contingents, approximately 70, I believe. Wow. Um, yeah. And uh, that's comprised of schools, of nonprofits, of course, of our donors, of different businesses. And as always, we get a lot of churches and then a lot of LGBT organizations. And what's really fun is it's a really, it's a, it's a wide, it's all demographics. It's a wide range of ages. Um, and this year, which will be fun. We have a contingent of law enforcement that will be marching together. And that's comprised of the police departments from Bernard Park, Sonoma State, Katati, Petaluma, and Santa Rosa. And they'll also be joined by the fire departments from Petaluma, Roanoke Park, and Santa Rosa. And um, So I let believe... me ask you a little bit about that. Uh-huh. Um, sure. While we're talking about that, a lot of cities, a lot of pride organizations in cities have banned police from participating in pride events. Mm-hmm. Um, what's been the, the conversation in Sonoma County? It, it sounds like you've got a lot of participation. Are these going, officers going to be in uniform? Great question. Um, yes, they will be in uniform. We do allow uniformed presence um, in our parade as well as at our parade, of course, um, as security. And it's a conversation we have every year for many years, as well as I'm sure other pride committees have had. And we we support we support what other prides choose to do completely. I, I, um, we understand the reasoning behind a lot of people not wanting uniformed presence. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be triggering. There's a long history between law enforcement and the LGBT community. And in fact, pride 
the trigger for Pride was because of a conflict between law enforcement and the LGBT community. And so we've had this conversation at Sonoma County Pride. Um, one of the things that comes up is um, in our community specifically, especially since 2017 with the fires, we, I think that shifted or really impacted our relationship with first responders, mm -hmm. with emergency personnel. So we take that in consideration. Um, and as well, Sonoma County Pride has a good relationship with San Jose Police. In fact, they, in the last couple of years with our last few events, they contact us and say, hey, we want to offer more security because we're really concerned about, you know, the different things that are going on at other events. Um, and, you know, they are really understanding and they're great with making sure that when police officers are assigned to our events, they understand the, what, who the demographic is, what the community is. And then also they make sure that either Chris or I or somebody from our committee meets one-on-one -on -one with each officer that's working so that we can, you know, we can meet each other, have a little conversation, build a relationship, and they can tell us, hey, this is what we're going to do. If you need us, this, you know, they, they, they recognize they don't, they don't need to be in everyone's face or anything like mm -hmm. that. They're very respectful and they ask us what, what they would, they, we want them to do. So, great. Um, yeah. Well, the, the parade sounds like it's going to be large. I mean, 70 contingents is <laughs> yeah. uh, pretty big, pretty big size, per, or pretty good size parade for uh, Santa Rosa. Yeah. 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 Not, yeah. I think that um, the number isn't locked down yet, but yeah, I think that's approximately way to last year. Um, there's a lot of stragglers that try to jump on at the last minute. So we try to include everyone. Great. And I see that you're honoring uh, Sonoma County libraries as well as the Outwatch Film Festival. Definitely. We had a lot of great groups that we wanted to honor. Um, and they have, you know, a lot of groups have, have, whether LGBT or not, have really promoted and advocated and helped advance the LGBT community. So we really want appreciate that and want to acknowledge their work. Fantastic. So after the parade, the festival happens uh, from noon to five in Courthouse Square. If you've never been to that, uh, describe for our listeners what they would expect. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So, um, it says it'll it's it's scheduled to start at noon. Um, it, it, it it's supposed to end when the parade ends, and sometimes the parade you know it can go a little over. So that you know we take all that in consideration. But what's really awesome is folks who are coming to the parade. It's a zero to four block walk over to Courthouse Square to enjoy the festivities. So there's a there's a main stage, and that there will be entertainment all day long. We will have ASL interpreters as well. So. For folks who need ASL interpreters, please come to our festival. Um, they'll, they'll be available for you. And then we will have, Chris, correct me if I'm wrong, 60 to 70 vendors as well. Um, over, uh, over 100. Okay, my bad. Sorry. Yeah. No, we're... <laughs> over, over 100 <laughs> vendors. And that's going to consist of, you know, people selling things, a lot of nonprofits, again, churches, you know, um, government booths, mm -hmm. and as well as this year, I'm excited about, we're going to have an area called Wellness Way. So we always have, um, you know, our health professionals like face-to-face -face or Department of Health coming. Mm -hmm. And we're going to have a special section specifically so folks who, who want to look for health and wellness um, can find it. And then also we'll be offering MPOX vaccinations at, at, at the festival. And that'll mm. be hosted. It's a collaboration with the state and the county. So they'll be offering those as well. And people can sign up. Um, now ahead of time and make a reservation or they can just walk up as well. Wow. That's um, great. Yeah. And I always tell folks who haven't been to our, we'll have food and food vendors, beverage vendors, et cetera. 
And I always tell folks if they haven't been before, it's, 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 it's often been one of the hottest days of the year. So bring sunscreen, bring, you know, a hat if you need mm-hmm. to, um, bring a water bottle. We will have hydration stations so people can fill up their water bottles, um, dress, dress up if you want to dress as your authentic self. It's, it's a, it's a day where people can really get dressed up and have fun. Um, it's very casual. It's a, it's a nice, it's very family friendly. We'll have an area for the kids that I think a Sonoma County office of education will be hosting. Um, yeah. So it's for all ages. Perfect. I was just going to ask you that question. I think a lot of times if folks have never been to a pride, uh, there's the old, old ideas, maybe the old uh, stereotypes mm. about what a pride celebration is. And I know from my own experience, this is a very family friendly event. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, um, I think different communities put on different kinds of prides. Sure. Um, so yeah, this is the one that we put on. <laughs> so let's let's talk about the highlights of the performances uh, and the performers you have. It's it looks like a pretty full agenda. It is yeah. very full. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, go for it. Go for it. Oh, it, it is a full agenda. We have um, our local drag host Lolita is going to host us for the the day, um, and she's also going to host the after party later at the Flamingo. Uh, but we have live performances from Fassi, Spencer, Lud- Ludwig. And the Shake It Up Booty Band, which I'm kind of excited about, I found a YouTube video for them, and I can't wait to see them in person. They do cover mm. songs from the 70s. It's a lesbian group out of uh, the city, and they are a lot of fun. So I can't wait to see them on stage as well to see how how they perform live. Great. And I see Cheer F- SF is coming back. Oh, oh yes. Yeah. They're excited. We're their favorite pride. Uh, well, don't tell anybody, but they tell us that we're their favorite pride to come to. Um, we invited them out during the pandemic to to participate at the concert, and they kind of fell in love with us. And we we just we just stayed in contact. And every year they've been coming back. They've been great supporters of our event. They've actually helped raise money uh, uh, last year for this year for our event. So we're hoping that they they contribute again this year. But uh, yeah, they're, they're so much fun to have around, and everybody likes to watch them and perform. So we're going to have them on the main stage as well as in the parade. Perfect. And then, if that's not enough, you've got an after party. Uh, you mentioned it's going to be at the Flamingo starting at 9 p.m. Tell us about the party and who's performing and what's it going to be like. So in the past, we've had um, our after party locally right on the square, and we've always maxed out the venue. So this year we put a little bit more work into the after party and teamed up with the Flamingo uh, to so that we can have a bigger shindig. So we have, um, sorry, four drag queens coming in. Lolita's going to host. Uh, we have Aubrey O'Knight and Deja Moore. And then Billie Jean Queen, who's from Hillsburg, uh, is also going to be coming in. Uh, got a... DJ Luke Dice is from uh, Vegas, and locally we'll have uh, Lady, uh, sorry, DJ Lady Shar come in as well. So it's an evening of dance, drag, and then we've got a couple breakout rooms that we're going to be doing activities. We have a Studio Fifty Four Chill Lounge from the folks at THTR uh, that have been doing local drag brunches. Um, they're very excited to be partnering with us and working. And then we have another group called. Uh, Cluster Funk that has been doing um, like group painting activities. It's really hard to explain. It's like painting socials. Hmm. And Grace, go ahead. Oh, no. 
Oh, that was very cute. <laughs> okay. sorry. No, they're 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 painting socials, and they've been a lot of fun. The ones that I've seen over at Brew. Uh, so we've invited them in to kind of have the similar experience at the after party too. So um, besides the drag and dancing, we'll have other activities there as well. That sounds yeah. Like the flamingo has been amazing to let us use all that space. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to be, it's going to be such a fun time at the flamingo that night. I think one of the things that it's been really amazing to watch is, is the, how the community as a whole has embraced pride mm-hmm. and has, has literally opened their doors to hosting events and, and supporting the, um, the different activities. I also know that the Great Resort and Casino has been around and has been a big supporter for years, and that's where everything's taking place on Sunday, uh, starting with the Pride Brunch wings, Wigs and Waffles. Tell us about that. Wigs and Waffles, it's going to be an over-the-top drag brunch. Last year, we got a conga line going, um, all this fun stuff. Uh, the So Grayton has donated the space at 630 Park or Steakhouse, and uh, we're converting it into a drag venue for the morning. Uh, their chefs are putting together a class act meal uh, for the morning. And then uh, you got about an hour and a half drag show while you get to eat. Uh, it'll be a lot of fun. And again, this is a fundraiser. So the events, the events that we charge for are fundraisers to help pay for other things as we go forward. Mm-hmm. And Grace will talk about this a little bit in its work. <laughs> Our community give back. Um, yeah. What I la- yeah. What I always like to say. Sorry, I might as well just. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. What, what I always like to say is, um, is twenty percent. Not not I like to say, but twenty percent of our net profits go back out to LG, to LGBT organizations, a lot of nonprofits that we partner with, and so it's fun to be able to tell sponsors or just people who come to our events and pay is that they're not just supporting Sonoma County Pride to put on these events or to you know do things mm-hmm. for the community. Their money is actually supporting at least three or four or five other organizations as well. That's great. That's great. Now, and I remember last year, this sold out pretty quickly. I would imagine that you need to get tickets ahead for the Wigs and Waffles breakfast. There's a few tickets left. You might get lucky if you go online right now and check. But yes, it's... Um, we tried to plan for a little bit at the door, but, uh, between sponsors, we may not be able to seat anybody that just shows up. So okay. definitely go online and, and check. And that website would be sonomacountypride.org, right? Yes, sir. All right. And then in the afternoon at the Grayton Resort and Casino is the Aqua Boogie Pool Party. It's going to be the gayest pool party in the North Bay. I mean, <laughs> we, we're... <laughs> I, I put it on the flyer. I was actually expecting Grayton to say take it off, but um, they left it on, and uh, I'm shocked. So we're we're kind of trying to put on like a big gay pool circuit party um, at Grayton with live live performances from uh, Crystal Waters, uh, Mohart from Dr- RuPaul's Drag Race will be hosting, mm-hmm. and not only will she be hosting and lip syncing, but she's going to perform live too. She's been singing. Mm-hmm. Uh, as well since RuPaul. So that's kind of exciting. Um, we also have multiple DJs coming in. Uh, Luke Dice from Vegas. Uh, Joe, oh my God, I'm going to butcher his name. Gathro? Uh, is that what it is? I Gathrow. think so. Gathrow. Okay. Sorry if I butchered his name, but uh, I've been listening to his mixes. I actually like a lot of his music. So I'm, I'm looking forward to this groove that we've got going on this summer. And then... Uh, DJ John Parker is local. He's from uh, Guerneville. He uh, does Friday nights at the Rainbow Cattle Company. He's going to come out and open up the event for us and 
play some of his tunes as well. So it, it'll be a nice, chill day with a lot of entertainment, and hopefully we'll have awesome weather. So Yeah, if, if tickets are sold out at Wigs and Waffles, just wait around a couple hours and you can come to the pool party. So, yes. so are tickets required for the pool party? There are tickets required for the pool party as well. Okay, and you can get those also at SonomaCountyPride.org. Yes. Yep. Excellent. And some at the door at the, at yeah, the door we, as well. We will have tickets available at the door as well. Okay, perfect. Um, now, I'm looking at this schedule and really not believing my eyes. On Sunday, June 11th, <laughs> yeah. you, Sonoma so, Raceway, NASCAR, Pride? Yeah, so um, NASCAR last year joined us. Uh, Sonoma Raceway and NASCAR joined us for our parade last year and put uh, the Sonoma Raceway uh, Toyota into our parade which was so much fun to have it out here and really loud too but it was really cool because this is a crossover that i don't know it's a barrier that needs to be broken and our local sonoma raceway really wanted to do something with us and um they actually came on board as a sponsor this year as well wow. uh, just kind of kind of throwing us in a little tailspin because we weren't sure how to treat it and then they asked us to help host um out at NASCAR on June 11th during NASCAR weekend out there. So uh, we're not 100% sure how it's going to look, but we're excited to be out there with all the rainbow and as much as we can uh, to, again, put our faces out there, let people know we're here. Um, yeah, they've been super supportive. They um, Last year during movie night, they were nice enough to bring out their car and have it on the square for folks to really get a close-up look at the car, at the at the race cars. And then um, they were the caboose in our parade last year mm. as well. Well, you know, I, I got to say, I think it says so much about certainly you two, but your entire organization, if these big organizations that you wouldn't expect are coming out and saying, hey, we want to be part of this and we want you to be part of us. So congratulations yeah. on that. It's they, really great. They like us. They really like us. And, I love it. And, you know, again, as um, as a kid who grew up in Sonoma County and, you know, Sonoma Raceway has been there and, we, you know, we have a pretty diverse demographic here in Sonoma County. I think that, like I was saying, some of us compartmentalize different parts of ourselves. And I think I'm, I'm really excited to see folks who mm -hmm. have been lifelong NASCAR um, fans and who might also be part of the LGBT community to be able to meld the two of those identities together. That's great. Uh, Grace, you mentioned that you're coordinating volunteers. Uh, ah, yes. Do you need, still need volunteers to help out with the parade and festival? And if so, where should people go to volunteer? Likely, yes. Um, they can go to, again, cinemacountypride.org and click on the participate button and then click on down to the volunteer um, button and it will take you to um, a site that says all the things we need help with and they can always also email me at grace at cinemacountypride.org and you know this is just our big pride weekend our big annual pride weekend but we literally put on events every all the time often several per month mm -hmm. and we need volunteers for almost all of them so we need volunteers all the time so folks who aren't available in june or maybe don't like big crowds or hot weather, that sort of thing. No problem at all. We have we have all kinds of um, opportunities for volunteering. And, and, you know, a lot, I have to say, Pride Weekend, we use over 100 volunteers. And I often ask our volunteers, um, how many Prides have you been to? When was your first Pride? And for the folks who come to the orientations, I would say at least half of them say this is the first Pride that wow. they will be going to. 
Um, so I always say, you know, if it's your first pride and a lot of people can be antsy about that, volunteering is a great way to come to your first one. It's a little, it might, you know, you have folks to talk with and you can kind of get a, a behind the scenes look at it. And then, um, it's, and for, for allies, it's a great way for them to support as well. If they're, if, you know, if they're a little apprehensive as well about coming to pride. That's great. Well, and there are so many people that, um, have migrated up here. They've moved up here during COVID or before, or they've retired up here and they're looking for a way to connect with our community. We have a huge Mm -hmm. LGBTQ plus community in this county. Mm -hmm. And so this is an opportunity to come out and meet people and, and get involved. So no reason to to sit it out, get out there and, and, uh, and help out Sonoma County pride. You've got some great sponsors who make all of this possible. You already talked about the funding that you need. Do you want to mention some of the sponsors that are, Helping fund I would, this? Actually, um, first of all, we got to give a big, great thank you to uh, Great and Resort and Casino for being our title sponsor for the last five, almost six years yeah. now. Um, they've really helped us do what we're, we've been doing. Um, this year, some of our other sponsors that have come on board, we, we've got a surprising list. Um, we have Macy's is on board with mm-hmm. us. They're actually sponsoring the kickoff party with us. Um, our festival stage this year is sponsored by Medtronic and Deep Eddie Vodka. Uh, the after party is sponsored by the Flamingo Resort and, um, and Spa. Uh, we also have the after party is also sponsored by uh, Sonoma County Clean Power. Uh, the Drag Brunch is sponsored by PG&E. They're new on board with us this year. I'm kind of shocked there. And then also new on board this year is Target. Uh, Target's coming on board as a sponsor. We're in the, uh, it's great to have the help. I know a lot of us shop with them. Um, we also have Kaiser, Fountain Grove Lodge, Keysight, Lagunitas, uh, Montgomery Village, Exchange Bank, Epicenter, uh, and Amy's, as well as Oliver's Market. So yeah, quite a, quite a range of folks coming on board and um, uh, putting, helping helping out a lot. It's, it's amazing. Well, congratulations on all that. Again, I think it just says so much about, you know, you all as individuals, as well as the quality of the organization. Um, I thought last year's pride was spectacular, really very well organized. There was really something there for everyone. And and I would imagine this year is going to be even better. So if you missed the beginning of our discussion with Chris and Grace, everything starts on June 1st with the flag raising downtown. There's a movie available Friday night and then the parade and festival on Saturday. And then the brunch Sunday morning and a pool party Sunday afternoon. It's going to be a full week. So if people want a more detailed schedule, once again, where should they go to get all the information about start dates, times, costs, all of that for all of these events? All of our events are listed on SonomaCountyPride.org. There's a quick option right up at the top that says Pride 2023, and it'll give you a list of all the events and all the details right there. Perfect. And if you missed that website, SonomaCountyPride.org, we will put a link on our own website at OutBeatNews.com. You can just click show notes at the top of the page. There will be a link right there for you to get all the details and we will see you in downtown Santa Rosa next weekend. Chris, Grace, thank you so, so much for all the time you're putting into putting together a party for all of us. Uh, We really appreciate it. 
Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for Thank having you. us. And that wraps up our hour. Don't forget this year's Sonoma County Pride Celebration begins this coming Thursday, June 1st, with a flag raising in downtown Santa Rosa. And there are events happening on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday with something for everyone. I hope to see you there. In the meantime, have a great week, and thanks for spending your Sunday night with us. Outbeat News in Depth is hosted and produced by Greg Moralia. Our shows are available for on-demand play anytime on our website at outbeatnews.com and on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and now on iHeartRadio. Find links to subscribe at outbeatnews.com. I love to change the world, but I don't know what to do. So I give it up to Broken down and tired of living life on the merry-go-round. And you can't find a fighter, but I see it in you, so we can walk it out. Move mountains, we can walk it out and move mountains. Silence is and it feels like it. Support for Outbeat Radio on KRCBFM comes from listeners and from Rocky, the free range chicken, and Rosie, the original organic chicken. Air chilled, non GMO, locally raised right here in Sonoma County with no antibiotics ever. More information is available at rockyandrosie.com. You're listening to 104.9 KRCBFM Roner Park and KRCGFM Windsor. Sonoma County's NPR station. It's 9 p.m. Stay with us. Beale Street Caravan is next. <laughs>